right, everyone. Thanks for, for coming in. Welcome back to another episode of 64 Worms Club. We've got some usual suspects and uh, a new face as well, which we'll get into today. Now, first and foremost, I'm Will Feetham, a.k.a. Gaz. We've got Mitchell Cassidy, a.k.a. Paul. Yeah. Finished that yet, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, finished. Yeah, cracking. <laughs> Very mouthful this time. Uh, we've got Corey Tarpey, aka Storm. Jack Moore, aka Sliz. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a new face, Mr. Pato. Say hello. Yeah. Alex Barson is in the building. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, we've I'm got lovely, a, mate. Yourself? Got yes. a new face, new face on today. New Just face, to let new face. He's a, he's a Red Dogs fan. Big red dog in there. It's good to see Forrest doing well. Normally we talk on the podcast and they've just done shit, so it's nice. It's nice. Well, I mean, 97th minute, caught it fine, but you know, that's how we do. Wins a win. Um, but, but yeah, so in, in terms of what we're going to talk about today, um, just go through the segments like we always do. Um, first one is a topic we like to call United Slander Part Fifth uh, But it is Ollie at the wheel. It's uh, not the back. We've got to really kind of make use of Ollie's at the wheel because it's looking like it's not going to last very long. So that's episode, that's segment one. And then we're going to talk about the PSG Leipzig game, which was in the same group. I think that's fair enough. Um, Liverpool smashing out Atlanta. Um, one thing I do want to say is at the end of the last episode, um, a Mr. Harry Mather said that Atlanta are a battle Liverpool, so he's not on the show today, is he? He's all yeah. of a sudden gone missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Then we've got um, a talking from you know, Match Report Live from. Is it still in Southampton or are you home now? Oh, I'm at home now, mate. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Chelsea three, Ren nil. Couple of bad penalty decisions. Um, ah, <laughs> and a red card just to go along with it. Yeah, it was. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. But it was bad. It was bad. Um, and then we also got City also a three nil match as well. Um, what's What's interesting is, uh, and I think also touch on that is Liverpool and City both getting ready for the big game on Sunday, which you know is going to be. Well, it's the biggest game of the season so far. Um, going to Group B, munching Gladbach and Real Madrid results. Uh, and then we've got Group A, uh, Atletico Madrid draw, which I'm sure George is really happy with. <laughs> and uh, Bayern Munich win 6-0. 6-2. Six two. Uh, so I thought 6-0. 6-2. Oh, well, yeah. you've, you've wrote this wrong on here, Paul. You're making me look stupid here. Anyway, oh, that's, that's, why, job, that's why I corrected it for you. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then Juve and Barca, both winners in Group G. Uh, then we've also got um, the Red Dog Roundup, which we'll go through as well, and go through some questions and answers. And there's been some absolutely lovely questions, which I want to discuss with a few of you. So, obviously, we'll get into all them last um, I think it's time to talk about Ollie again. You know, my favourite part of the week. Um, what a great part. What a great part to be a part of. 
honestly, I, I, I've still been speaking to, to Harry. We need to get a soundboard for this because, like, he's probably got like one week left max. Um, so we need like a little, like, <laughs> real soundbite. Just get that Rio Ferdinand clip, like, just on repeat. Oh. Just get that Rio. Oh, Ollie's at the wheel. <laughs> put whatever numbers he wants down there. Give him the contract. <laughs> let him shine it. <laughs> Fucking hell, fire. Well, in, in all honesty, like, obviously, I mean, they, what they tried to do is uh, what Arsenal are the masters of. You know, in Arsenal, have got them, like, five o'clock kickoff. So, like, they can sneak wins in on the way home from work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's what Manu had today, uh, yesterday, and then they lost. I think they tried to like get it under the radar so no one realised they lost. But I mean, the performance was terrible. Um, I, only, I mean, I watched the first half, yeah, uh, and that's like the first goal was just like embarrassing. Don't even cut it, man. Like, there's no defenders around Denver Bar. Like, like standard rule: if there's an attacker up, you leave two up, two in defence with him. Do you know what I mean? Like. It's genuinely the worst defending I've ever, ever seen. And I've played Sunday League football, bro. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, like, it's it just was bad. One pass and it's, like, it's terrible. And he's not even offside, obviously, because he's in his own half. It's like, and then there's Matic chase, chasing him back, who's a midfielder. He's not even a defender. And I just... It's just that. Like, like, I couldn't... Um, I couldn't believe my eyes, bro. Did we hear what Ole says? What? <laughs> Wow. What, you can't criticise our defence if we don't have one? No, no, no. He said, <laughs> a short corner and forgot that Denver Ball was up top on his own. Stop. <laughs> oh. They took a short corner and they forgot that Denver Ball was up there on his own. Oh, that's too hard. As, as long as they only forgot and it weren't on purpose. And they, yeah, yeah, so. The thing is, though, you know when you say, oh, we forgot, right? You forget, like, things like your keys. You forget, like, you know, walking about, like, you know, you forget, like, your tram pass or something, and you get, you don't forget to defend, like. <laughs> well, like, oh, fucking Ollie's forgot his fucking tactics book in fucking Sweden. There's never been any tactics. It's always been about vibes. And the thing is, like, there's no vibes anymore. <laughs> Wait, Ollie's at the wheel and he's forgot his keys. That's how bad it is. <laughs> how, can you, how can you turn around and say, oh, we forgot to defend. Wait, I don't think I've ever listened to him like in a post-match interview where he's actually like done himself any favours. He just he just digs hole after hole. We stop um, calling him JCB. <laughs> but at least at least they've got Cavani to pay for over the cracks, isn't it? <laughs> what a fucking shower! Is. <laughs> that was another signing that's five years too late as well. Two goals, mate, this season. That's what he's getting. Lad, well, he'll not get two starts playing like that. <laughs> he, had, he didn't get two fucking touches midweek. You see him? <laughs> Walking about the pitch, letting them pass it round him. Like he was in a rondo, he only had one leg. He was fucking clueless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got about as much mobility as a fucking clothes horse, mate. He's fucking sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if he were three years older, he'd have to he'd have to shield because of COVID. He'd be bollocks. <laughs> Bless him. Oh mate, shit, man. Oh dear. <laughs> I think we should um, we should touch on Istanbul because they 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 actually played all right to be fair. Yeah, but the the built of a team of <laughs> proper like veterans, mate. Mate, they're all veterans. 
Raphael. Fucking journeyman. Raphael. <laughs> They'll be playing vets football on the Sunday league by the time they're by in it like six months time. <laughs> Honestly, they, they got they got beat by Premier League rejects and a bunch of barbers, mate. I'm telling you, like you, can't, <laughs> you cannot get like this is this is their their goal against United was their first goal in the Champions League ever, ever, ever. They're currently sat seventh in the no. Turkish division at the minute. Yeah, seventh in the Turkish division. They've lost. I believe they've lost eight out of thirteen games this season. But the thing is that, yeah, you are. How are they seventh if they've lost eight games? Oh dear. I'm going to introduce you to Turkish football, mate. That's literally what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, I guess. Go on, guys. That's why you don't bet on Turkish football, to be fair. You've got teams like that knocking about. No. I don't really, I don't really good We don't anyway. condone betting anyway, though, do we? When the fun stops, mate. When the fun stops. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, though, like, obviously, United, they didn't play well. Um, I, I was really surprised that when Marshall scored, they didn't kick on. Like, yeah. uh, yeah. they weren't playing well anyway, and it, it it came out of nowhere. The goal literally was just a lapse in concentration from Istanbul. So, I, I don't think, think they, had, they had no rhythm anyway to carry on onto. No, yeah, quite, they had no momentum. Like, like I say, from I only watched the first half, but they didn't have like, like I say, no momentum going for them, like whatsoever. It was just all Istanbul attacks. It, it's like how it should have been the other way around, realistically. Do you know what I mean? If you're looking at it as a point of view before the game. No one's mentioned the second goal. Oh, they, they, they were queuing up at back post, weren't they? Oh, yeah, no, that's it. it was just as bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a good, like, it was good play from the, uh, their striker to leave it and like go through his legs. But there should have been someone at the back post. Luke Shaw. Up. Luke Shaw. What was Luke Shaw doing when you when the, it, the freeze frame of the goal is the jokiest thing I've ever seen in my life? Luke Shaw's like, look, you just the look on Luke Shaw's face is like. I, I'm not going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me run. I'm full of chocolate. He <laughs> <laughs> got ran ragged by whatever whoever was playing right wing. I don't know what his name is. I'm not even going to try and search it all. But he just got. I think, so, I think some of the decisions. I know, I know we're going to slate Ollie anyway, aren't we? Because he's, he is crap. Let's all face it. But some of the decisions are half time. I thought obviously when it got to two one just before half time. I thought this is this is classic Man United. They've played shit all half. They're just going to turn up now. Now they've got the res- now they've got the goal before half time. It's going to turn them over three or four. And I thought well, they'll make some changes at half time. Matic cannot stay on the pitch. He was getting fucking run round by Number Bar. He's about thirty nine. Um, he got he got kept on and then got put at centre half. And when I'm sure he had Lindelof on the bench, um, who did he take? Took Matter off. I was just like, how can you not bring a centre back on when you what know? McTomin- McTominay at centre half as well, wasn't he? McTominay yeah, at yeah. centre half as well. Yeah. What with yeah. Matic? No, I don't know if it was Matic. Was it Matic or uh, McTominay then who got put centre half? McTominay came on for Twanzibi. That was it. Time. So Matic Kate stayed on in the midfield oh, and then. Wait, yeah. so did Twan- Twanzibi and Fosu Mensa both start? No, Fosu Mensa come on for no. uh, Aaron Mambasaka. Someone told me yesterday that Ollie's, Ollie's first 100 games are a better record than Ferguson's first. I know, I know Ferguson had a bad start to, to his man new career, but someone said to me that Ollie's probably going to stay there because he's, he's still got more, more points and more wins well, than Ferguson had. That's what happens when you look at percentages, but when you can see the performances with your own eyes, you know that it's really not good. It's not been good enough. 
I'm, I mean, I'm still I'll, I'll be uh, shocked about that defending. Genuinely, like. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't watch Ferguson's first hundred games, and I don't think any of us did. But I can, I, I can guarantee, I can guarantee they look better on the hundred than they did on the first. Now you <laughs> yeah. can look at Ollie right now, and apart from the names <laughs> on back at players' shirts, nothing's changed. Nothing. Yeah. No. It's shite. Yeah. Mon- if you play on a Monday, if you play on a Tuesday, if you play on a Sunday, whatever, the shit. He's done. Man. <laughs> the thing is, though, like he's not like the thing because another thing is they compared um, Ollie's hundred with Klopp's hundred. That was another thing that, that they did because you know it seems that the 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 thing for football clubs do that. Yeah, but when the football clubs doing shit in the first start, they always go, "Oh, well, Klopp didn't start well." But the difference is, Klopp at every single point was making the team better. Every yeah, they were progressing. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. There was not any season where Klopp had where they've gone backwards. Not, no, not one. No, and look at the team he started with. He had fucking Sticky Lambert up top. Well, well, in in his first game, new climbers there weren't he? Eh? Jordan yeah. Fanu climbers like fucking first choice right back. Yeah, John John Flanagan. <laughs> his first game, Moreno started. So yeah, exactly. You know, so it's. I think what people like to do now is they try and say, oh, well, give managers time, give managers time. And I'm one of these people as well. I don't like people sacking managers for, for nothing. But Forrest. But, <laughs> well, yeah, Forrest are a complete anomaly. Like, they would sack someone for... I mean, Sean O'Driscoll's in the playoffs when he got sacked one year, I remember. But, yeah, I mean, Crank was about there. I mean, that was a different thing. Like, obviously, he fell out of the club and stuff like that behind closed doors. But he was another, he was another one of them. Do you know what I mean? But Ollie, Ollie, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I hope he stays for a long time. I hope he does. In it, I love it. But if if we're yeah. being objective, if we're being objective as as football fans, and if I was a United fan, you've got to get him to go. And I think if he loses at Everton, I think he's done. It's time th- to go. I think it, I think I think the last four weeks has summed up Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. He had the really bad result against Spurs, and we all said, "Oh, they're done now. They've got quite dis- like quite difficult teams to come, didn't we?" We spoke on the pod that they'd only get like two wins or whatever. Went and gone and beat Newcastle. Got a draw against you lot, Storm. Yeah. Went and uh, beat PSG and Leipzig during those weeks, and you think, "Oh, it's all rosy from now." And then yet again, back to square one with them, and you've yeah, lost five it's- weeks. It's like yeah. they've lost five weeks of the same manager, basically, because we said that if he went and lost to Newcastle after the Spurs game, they'd probably been gone. But that's now he saved himself four weeks. Well, that fast. Gone. No, I was just saying only one of those league wins for United in that period are in the league. Yeah, the Newcastle game. Well, what was you going to say, Pat? Um, I was just—I was going to say like it does this. It seems to happen every time. Like you say, it's a repetitive thing where. As soon as his job's sort of in jeopardy, all of a sudden they start playing and they start looking quite good. And then they'll do that for two or three games and then they'll just be shit for another five or six. Yeah. I think Every like, time. I, I think after I think after that I think that Istanbul was alarming. I think it was embarrassing. I know I was listening to Rio speak about it, like or I think Skull said like I'd say schoolboy defending, but I think that's an insult to schoolboys. It was, it, it was <laughs> if you've not seen it, it was that bad, like Pat said. Yeah. The defending yeah, yeah, was honestly. shocking. 
Honestly. And it's not like it's not like they're against a like a credible credible Champions League team. They're against a team that's never played like barely played in the Champions League. It was the first first season in it, isn't it? I believe yeah, the first season in the Champions League. They've only been a club for thirty years. You've got you've got players that are playing right. You've got players that are playing in that team that have been in Premier League ten years ago. Playing for one of your own. You've got Denver Bard, it's like thirty-seven. You've got Martin Shirtpull at the centre back. We're here, which is alarming enough. And then you just cheering out. And it wasn't like it wasn't like he made like seven or eight changes. Like majority of the players that were playing were like first team players. Bar probably Henderson, who we we really suggest that should be starting anyway. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. If I was, if I was fucking Henderson and my defenders were that unorganised, I'd after the game I'd give them a fucking roasting. Never mind. Ollie's going to give them a roasting. Henderson's worth more than that, mate. Like the Hager, yeah, done now. As far as I'm concerned, like Henderson's got to put some sort of transfer request in. He deserves better than that. He's a class keeper. He proved that at Sheffield United last season. Well, the thing is, though, this this does bring into one of the questions we've been asking. I know the Q and A's at the end, really, but um, uh, we've got a question from Maxwell. Big up Maxwell, listener of the show. Frankie, Frankie, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's put, "Why is Manchester United a laughing stock of a club?" And you know what, like, they are, and they have been now for a considerable amount of time, and people are going to go, oh, you've got the anti-fucking United people on again, and just play well. Like, when, when they played well, we big them up, just play well. Like, get rid of Ollie and play well, and we won't have to insult you every Imagine, week. right, this is my problem with United, right, yeah, so imagine they... Just come out and say, right, we've got rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and we're hiring Pochettino. Pochettino is instantly going to take them up a level within the first, let's say, three months. He's going to get them playing to a way that they should be playing. That is a factual, factual yeah. thing. Like, with no question in my mind, he will make them ten times better than they are now. Even with the same squad? Even with the same squad. A hundred percent. Because he's a, a tactically, he's a tactically fucking, he's got tactical nerves. He knows what he's doing. I think Pogba's a bit of a virus. I think he's got to go. I think he's too much of an ego. And it's like it, on his day, he's a good player. And for France, when Kante is doing all his running, he looks good. But he, I, th- I think he's too much of an ego for him. I think they just need to get rid of him. I think Pogba needs to go for the good of himself. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah I don't there's there's rumours that uh, Juventus is sniffing back round for him again, aren't there? But the thing, mm. with, the thing with Pogba is, I think it's clear to see that he's gone to United and it's not worked. Uh, mm. For whatever reason, it's just not worked. So, but you should have uh, seen that a few seasons ago. Just go. Just just go for it. I think he should go for his own career more than anything. Well, he's nearly yeah. 29, isn't he? Yeah, he's not far off 20, late 20s. I think uh, United have got to the point with people like us looking in. I actually do believe they've got a comfortably top four side, in my opinion. They've got question marks all over the pitch in like majority of like defense, no, depending. Like in terms of midfield and forward line, that team should be in the top four, like last year. Yeah, 100%. And they should be challenging for trophies. Yeah. Now, Man United at the minute, like Nub was saying when I was speaking to him on Sunday, we do look like a cup side at the minute because in the league, we're miles off. I mean, they're what, 15th? I know it's only like six, seven games in, but 15th. And if they win, they go yeah, with the game in hand, they go up like two if, places to 13th. If, if they lose against Everton and teams round them win, 
I've seen the thing they've done. They could end up fucking 18th in a couple of weeks. Yeah. No, the thing is, though, Paul, you, you've mentioned there, you said, oh, we're only six, seven games in. I know you say only, but when does it start becoming a thing? Well, because, because nine games is the quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. It's not, it's not a small amount now. Like, no, there is, well, if you put it into terms like that, it's, we're, a fifth of the, we're a fifth of the way into the season right now. Yeah, that's, that's enough. That's enough to say you shouldn't be 15th. Like, well, they shouldn't be anyway, regardless. Like, first three games, the Man United, do you know what I mean? They should be looking, they should be top three right there and then. Like Storm said, if Pochettino is in there and he grabs him by the balls and he takes him tactically, they could end up there. But it's how, it's how quickly they're going to get rid of Ollie and get someone decent in. Well, I don't want to do that because I love the downfall. I hate it, man. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> that's, that. that's the thing. I mean, you know, it is funny. It is funny, especially after a lot of people who you know are United fans, and everyone knows a United fan who's annoying as fuck, don't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> but, but the thing I, is, though, yeah. if, we're being, if we're being serious, right, will Pochettino go? Will he really go? See, this is another thing. Really that I, was, so yeah. I, was, I was listening to TalkSport right, the other day, and they were saying... Why has Pochettino not been snapped up? And I'm thinking, well, maybe you don't want to. Maybe he doesn't want to have... Because, let's face it, the Man United job at the minute is the worst job in the world. The poison chalice, man. It's the poison chalice. You're going to take a sip from that chalice, and if you don't do well, your career's fucking in, in bits. Because you've yeah. got the fan base that are just going to absolutely obliterate you. The thing is, though, Storm, you can look at it from another standpoint. Is he... If a good manager, because at some point United have got to get a good manager. Yeah. At some point, it's got to happen, uh, because United, as much as it's funny now, are not always going to be where they are. They're going to come back up. It's just a fact of life. Yeah, yeah. It's so, every football way to It's going to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so the thing is, though, if if I'm Pochettino, I'm looking at it one of two ways. I would look at it personally, selfishly, like you are there in terms of if I'm Poch. Up that, I'm not going near it. But you can also look at it the other way as being the man to bring back Man United. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I do. I understand that. And I do appreciate that opinion, to be fair, because if whoever does turn them around, they're going to be hailed as fucking the next... Do you know what I mean? Like, the next... Yeah. Look at Klopp. Look at Klopp. I mean, don't get me wrong. Klopp's always been seen as a good manager. But because of what he's done with Liverpool... People compare him with Pep. People never compared him to Pep before. No, yeah, I know that, definitely. Yeah. But now he's the man. He's the man that brought back Liverpool, and that's bigger. He's, he's the man that did the impossible, like, to the point where it's like, were we ever going to win this league? Well, how, how many years were us, especially Liverpool fans, mocked, oh, you're never going to win the Prem? Oh, it's My whole life. Years, no, it's, yeah, it's this year's, it's this year's. Klopp's done it. Now, United are close to 10 years already. If... <laughs> If, if, if a team, if a manager comes in and wins the Premier League with United, that's insane. It's the same, it will be the same, it will be the same landmark that Klopp's had as well. And it's whether Pochettino is willing to take on a project like that, because it is a project at the minute. It's not just going to be going in there and everything's going to fall into place. It's not. Well, the thing okay. is, it's like a fucking, oh mate, it's like an enigma. Boy, it's like you've worn a fucking dodgy ass on an auction, you need to go and rip it out and do it back up. <laughs> 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 One thing is though, as much as as much as I'd love to continue, because I know we do, but I think it's worth touching that PSG game. Yeah, definitely. I do. We have touched on Man United for a while, so let's uh, let's jump in. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's bullying I mean, at this point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we'll leave them alone for a little bit. We might come back to you later. <laughs> but uh, I've seen from the... I mean, I didn't see any highlights or anything like that from PSG game, but I've seen that they went 1-0 up and ended up losing, so it can't have been great. Well, it was, um, it was a bit of a strange game, actually. I think PSG should have probably been 2 or 3 nil for half-time. I thought Leipzig were well off it. Um, made a few changes with... Uh, I think Forsberg started, which, like, which is he played really well in the second half. But in the first half, they were just miles off it. PSG missed the penalty. Uh, probably should have gone two 0 up. Had a few chances. I think the penalty that they got given was ridiculous. Up Meccano uh, was about two yards away from Moise Keane. No movement from his arm. Gave a penalty. But I'm not surprised in Europe because I've seen penalties like that for like three seasons. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they just capitulated in the second half. PSG did. Um, completely different side. Leipzig didn't even have to play that much better. It was just the fact that PSG were that awful. What, like almost like they thought they'd won it already? So. Well, yeah, a bit like that. But like just the quality on shows, it just they just look six and sevens. And um, um, go on, I'd Storm. Like to torch, fucking Deo Uma Pamacano. What's his name, Storm? Say again. Upama Umi, that guy. Upama what, fam? He's absolutely dross. Oh, my God. The goal he gave away was insane. Like, he receives the ball, turns around and goes to pass it to the goalkeeper and just doesn't even look up and just feather... You've selected feather touch. (laughs) Rolls it straight into the path of Di Maria and then tries to track back with him. He just gets absolutely dusted. And now I remember when all the Arsenal fans were banging on about, oh, we're going to sign Dave, whatever his name is. That's Meccano. 65 mil, yeah, it's an absolute bargain. He's going to be elite. He is the reason that they went 1-0 down. And he's the reason that he gives away a lot of mistakes in that side. Whenever I watch him, he does something stupid. Well, he has, I mean, to be fair, I've, I'm, not, I'm not a big expert in on him. But I can't even say I am. But I've watched him play two games now. And it's not been impressive at all. Uh, he failed the Old Trafford test, um, and it was then poor in that game. And then, and then he's come here and he's given the ball away and scored. But the thing is, though, my the thing I wanted to touch on about this game was it was the battle of, you know, you look at, I mean, back in the day, Thomas Tuchel was meant to be the up and coming German manager, wasn't he? But you know, Yuli, I know we all take the piss. We think he's dog shit. But you know, then Julian. Julian Nagelsmann's come in, who actually is a manager. Like, and he he's, drips as he does it as well. He's oh, he's dripping. No, no, I don't want to talk about his dead arms again. Dripping. But like, <laughs> but like honestly, like he's he's the sort of manager that you got you're looking at for the young up and coming managers of the future. And I think it's a matter of time before a big club looks into him. And that's another thing. Why haven't Man United looked into Nagelsmann? Um, yeah, I think it's mad if they don't. Well, um, apparently, he's he's not the new deal, isn't he? Apparently, that's the thing. Nagelsmann's turned down a contract offer from Leipzig because this is the last year of his contract and he's looking to come to the Prem. Well, I mean, I don't know a lot about Leipzig. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and act like I, you know, I know loads about him. Obviously, I know that Werner came from him. I know it was a bagman for him. I'd just assume that they did miss it, you know. Well, evidently, it doesn't look like that they have. Well, they didn't miss him too much in the Champions League at the back end of last year either, really. They still got to the semi-finals, which for them yeah. is, is severely over-achieving. Um, oh, definitely. Um, that's Sabitzer or whatever his name is. He's first 
Marcel yeah. Savic is a decent player, to be fair. He's a, yeah. he's a good number 10, he is. I'm, I'm, um, I've, I followed the way that they set up against Paris. Um, and they played it without a number nine, whatsoever. They just had two attacking midfielders in front of like a bank of five, basically. And every time they got the ball, they just won two between the centre half and then they threw on goal all yeah. of a sudden. I think if, if you take away the title of PSG away from their side, though, and just look at the 11s, I don't know whether you'd have called it an upset or not. Because the players that you typify PSG with, your Neymar and your Mbappe, non features. Danilo Pereira, God knows where they found him from, but honestly, he is sharp. <laughs> Danilo's from um, Dortmund. He's, he's crap. Yeah, Danilo he is sharp, mate. Oh, not Danilo. Oh, I thought you were about uh, Diallo, sorry. No, Danilo Pereira was played for Porto, that Portuguese guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Porto, that's the one. Honestly, he is bobbins, mate. If you ever if you ever pack him, quick sell, he is poor. Is it? Well, like Paul, I say, I, 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 when I've seen him, I thought it looked all right. But, you know, uh, he got run ragged by Forsberg, who, as far as I can tell, um, is is steady, very steady. But he should he should never be running a game against people. No, For, Forsberg was a really decent player, but um, he got quite a big injury last, uh, like I think the start of last mm-hmm. season. Um, he's only just been getting brought back into the team. But yeah, he was, he was a bit of the ma- difference maker in the game, but... Yeah, like your sense is that, mm. but PSG, we said it against them when they played against Man United. You take Mbappe out and Neymar out of that team, they are nobodies. Yeah, exactly. It was evidently against... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, even when, when you have them against Leipzig and they're actually not available, it looks really poor. You've got Moise Keane, Savaria, who's a half-decent player from Seville, and you've got um, Angel Demiris. Angel Demiris shouldn't be your best player at this time. 2020, shouldn't be your no. best player, especially at PSG. I I thought that Moise Keane had a decent, he's had a decent start. He has had a decent start, but like he says, it's like against two. It was against Istanbul last week and against some farmers team in the French division. Like we've all seen him at Evan. He's, he clearly didn't cut it, and you can see why Juve sold him to, got rid of him. But yeah, I just thought in terms of they do miss Verratti. I will say that though. Obviously, when he's when he's playing, they do look a better team, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really he's the, probably the shining... Do you know, out of all of the superstars, if you take the superstars away... No, he's amazing. He's the I, shining light out there. And I can't believe he's been there for that long. I've said so many times, I'd love... I, I would obviously wouldn't need him now because of Thiago and everything, but I've just loved Verratti in our midfield. But, uh, but yeah, a bit concerning actually with PSG because of Man United dropping points. It was something that they probably needed to get something out of. Yeah. And oh. obviously... Go on, Pats. Go on, go on, Pats. Uh, what I was going to say was I was going to bring that into with PSG because I know there's not really much more to talk about on no, the no, no. game. But what I was going to say is how far do we see PSG, United, and Red Bull getting into the Champions League? So who's going through out of them three, and how far do we see them getting? I'm, I'm, I'm all here for uh, Man United Europa League campaign. So. <laughs> I'm going to say Leipzig and PSG. Yeah, it's got to be Leipzig and PSG, especially yeah. now that Leipzig, you know, got that win. I think Man United shining light. I think Man United shining light is. I think because they got six points against two of the the ones that they need to get points off. I think it's like almost not mathematically impossible. It's like a lot has got to go. A lot has got to go wrong for Man United to get knocked out of the group stages now. Like. You keep- 
Well, they are capable of that. <laughs> I, what I will say, fast. I think I think Leipzig will improve during the campaign. I think they will go through. It'll probably be between PSG and Man United. I think PSG will probably miss out because, like you said, I think Man United have got to drop to Istanbul at home or and something then, along them lines. That's probably an interesting thing to ask. When do you reckon the last time that PSG were in the Europa League? Uh, an awfully long time. Probably oh, never. Yeah, yeah probably, probably never. never because they've always been they've always been first in the fucking French league. But well, since it, since they got money, they've been the top. But I think for me in that group, what 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 I look at is Man United have currently got six points. Um, PSG have currently got three. If I'm correct. Yeah. And, and Leipzig have probably got six. Yeah, they have. So with Man United, if the things if you look at their their games remaining, they've got Istanbul at home now. Really, not. <laughs> I mean, I know it's funny and we can laugh, but realistically, at Old Trafford, Istanbul, they should win, right? Should have won. Then they've got. So then, if they win that game, they're on nine points, which is almost. Yeah, I think. I think nine, I'm saying. nine's guaranteed second. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that. I think that's what I'm saying. I think Man United basically have to drop points to Turkey for but, anything but to go wrong. If, if they don't, if they don't beat Istanbul, they've then got. PSG at home and uh, Red Bull away. Now, they could lose both of those. They could. So, it all depends on the next game for me. I think um, Red Bull are going to finish higher than PSG. I think I think unless PSG beat them, PSG are out. I think if... I was just about to say, it doesn't really matter what happens in the Man United game. If PSG... If, I think PSG lose to Leipzig, they are basically out. Or draw. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, it's a bit so, of a sticky, so sticky an, group, isn't it? It's an interesting group, but I think, you know, it's it was worth just going on kind of what we thought there. Um, obviously, the next, next talking point that we've got is um, Liverpool 5-0. Um, Demolition job, mate. Not interesting for me. Honestly, <laughs> I, I wish Harry was here so much. Because I remember when he said it, and I even wrote it down just so I didn't forget. <laughs> about how what was it, Atalanta and Alejandro Gomez were going to run rings around us in midfield and they were going to make us look stupid and make us look daft. Bit of a sticky one, Harry, if you're listening. Bit of a sticky <laughs> one, mate. Is you can't forget that Van Dyke's out, Fabinho's out. John you know, the, tape's out. You're two of your most solid defensively play, defensive players and you've gone there and kept a clean sheet against one of the highest scoring teams in Europe. And yeah. five past them. Yeah, as well. You can't... I mean, as much as I dislike Liverpool too. <laughs> Stop it, guys. You flatter us too much. Stop it. <laughs> I know. I hate it as well. I'm going to take all that back. Well, the thing is, though, I've seen, I've seen another stat as well with Atalanta, and it was um, Atalanta, the last time... I think they've only lost once at home in the Champions League, uh, to, which is funny enough to Shakhtar, which is a weird one. Um, but the thing is, though, another, another fantastic stat... I think um, I, the, to the ones I've already told the answer to, don't shout it out. I think I have told a couple of you anyway. Can anyone tell me the since Diego Jota, the last player to score in his first two Champions League games? Oh yeah, I remember you saying this. Isn't Guys, you? I'm not gonna lie, you told me and I forgot. <laughs> anyone? I know. Oh, I know one of them. It only leaves me, and I don't have a clue, mate. <laughs> <Forrest> <laughs> Boris aren't in the Champions League. I don't know all that shit. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, put, I'll, put, I'll, I'll stop it anyway. So, basically, the last person to score his first two 
Champions League starts, Liverpool is Robbie Keane. Interesting Well, the thing is that I think with them, I mean, it, it, it puts uh, Klopp in a, in a good position, but also uh, uh, he's got a weird selection now because you've got Diego Jota who's killing it. Does he, does yeah. he play instead of Fabinho? But on the other side of the pitch, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was all Liverpool defensive crisis. But, you know, both players, both Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, have both shown that on an odd game, if you bring them in, they're competent. They're not as good as Van Dijk, obviously. They're probably not as good, either of them as good as Fabinho at centre-half. But it's clear now, if we've got an injury in that position for a few games, you can put them in and you can get a performance out of them, which isn't embarrassing. So, you said a few games. How long's Fabinho out for? Fabinho should be back after the international break. Yeah. Which Fabinho. is only only City left. Obviously, you're looking at that. That could be sticky as in like, yeah, you say, you know, you can do a job here and there, but can they do it consistently? Well, no, you wouldn't say so. But the thing is, you don't really expect... Especially with Man City being this weekend as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. But I think with Liverpool, what you do have is you come up against a Man City that aren't really in great form either. No, um, and Man City's defense hasn't been that great either, and Man City haven't been up until very recently very good at scoring goals. So, at least with Liverpool, the the front three have remained, apart from Bobby, have remained pretty consistent. Uh, Salah Salah scored his ninth goal of the season already. Yeah, I think, that's. I think I, I've seen a stat that's even this is he's scored more this season so far than he has in his first season. So I'm not saying he's going to bag 44 again, but it shows that the front three are, are in form. I mean, you can't uh, say that he's not, he's mustered me, don't get me wrong. But I mean, with Jota as well, for me, he's got to be starting. He's scored like what has he scored like six in four games? Like that. Uh, yeah, what I'll say about Jota is it gives Klopp the Klopp. best kind of migraine. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean, yeah. Like good problems, good one. Isn't it? yeah. God, yeah. depth is there. It's it's there, and that's what he's been lacking. I mean, if you look at a city side last season and the season before, what they had was squad depth, like real depth. And I think, I think Liverpool are sort of trying, like they are getting there now, where they have got they have got a lot of options. And you know, like I heard you mention like Big Shaq last week, last week as well, yeah. and uh, Paul saying, you know, like, he's not getting any game time because he's either first team or the youngsters. And I think he's another option there that could could be introduced quite a bit more this season. I agree. I think because he he's got a bit of quality. The problem with Shakiri over the years is he's had really not bad injuries, but he's been consistently injured with niggles quite often throughout. Um, there's never, I don't think there's ever been a, a question of Shakiri's quality. I think it's just always been his, his fitness. But um, what helped what helped Shakiri massively in the league was we went we went to a four two three one. He stuck him at ten. He's not quick enough to play out wide for us anymore. No. Stuck him at ten. All of a sudden, he looked like God's gift to midfield players. He looked mint. Yeah, like that 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 ball through played. I can't remember which game it was. It was in, I think it was like West last Ham. Definitely not. Oh no, West Ham. West Ham. Yeah, we played it through his legs and like, straight. Yeah. Lit, wasn't it? Whoever it was, it was, like, it, was like, it was like watching Prime Shavi. Yeah, you know what I mean, the vision to do it, and not, like not only the vision, but like to put it through his legs like that and make it look easy. You know, it's it's not easy to see I'm, something. Like that. I'm a big fan of the uh, the quality of the goals that Jota is scoring as well. Like they're not yeah. even, they're not easy goals that people are scoring. No, no, I mean, he dinked the keeper from about three inch away. 
like the finishers. And yeah. did you see the stat about his left and his right foot? Yeah, so he's very, very bad for the Premier League. I think he's attempted a hundred and I think it was thirty-two shots or something like that. And he's he's put down as a right-footed player. He's had more shots and scored more goals with his left foot than his right foot. But he's, I think he's had sixty-nine shots on his left and sixty-seven shots on his right. And he's down as a right-footed player. So that just that is the kind of player that. You, if you are going to play him up front, you in the middle, yeah. If you're going to play him down the middle, if, if, if the ball comes to either foot, you know he's going to be there. He's going to hit it. I mean, what impressed me about him last week as well. I know we like talking Champions League, but in the Prem last week, obviously you've got. I love it when players do this as well, and they get a goal disallowed, and then they just go and score anyway, like legally, like the next time. I just yeah, think, yeah. I just think, good on you. Do you know what I mean? And I think he deserved it from what I've seen as well. I think going back to the Atalanta game. I think what most what I was more impressed with is the fact that finally we come up against a side that are going to play football against us. I know a lot of games recently, especially at home, they've played against teams that have got ten men behind the ball. And we looked a bit lost sometimes, and it's, it's needed someone like Shakiri or Jota to come on up in the play up and get a goal. And I feel like obviously that's the kind of I'm not saying that Man City are going to play like Atalanta and we're going to win five nil, but it's going to be the same kind of game. Pep's not going to put ten men behind the ball when it comes. To when we play them on Sunday, well, and, is, and that was the best we've. That's the best I've seen us play this season. The way to get a result against Liverpool is put ten men behind the ball because you play football. Your overloads on either side. If you go on the attack, and then Liverpool have got fucking three players waiting on the left wing when your right wings when your right backs bomb forward, you're gonna you're gonna concede. So yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what. It, well, the shot Atlanta in the foot a bit really because they are a footballing team. And you, you, when have you ever seen? Like, I know that people don't watch them regularly, but when you see them in Champions League, they don't put ten men on the ball. And they score a lot of goals for a reason. Yeah, exactly. But that's what when you put a team that's arguably better at doing what Atalanta do against Atalanta, they're gonna, it's gonna hinder them straight away. Well, that's, massively. Well, that's the thing with with Liverpool so far. It's been. You know, it's been a very strange start to the season. Obviously, the seven-two happened, which was funny for a lot. Of people. But, uh, I, I hated it, but you know, I, mean, I, I sat in the pub watching that, and Nate just walked out, didn't even like, just left off his pint. What United fan Nate brought? Yeah, the thing is, though, what I was trying to say, because obviously it's been interesting because we've got. The worst defence in the Premier League by goals conceded, but the best one in Europe in the Champions League. And what I was really interested, well, what was a bit of a relief to me was that game against Atlanta seemed like a statement win. It seemed like a statement yeah, yeah. to not only the Prem, but also Europe to say, yeah, we're about it now. Yeah, like, you've, not gone, of, yeah you've not gone anywhere sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. of a shit start, but Joe, you know what? We've just gone and slumped at Atlanta 5-0. So, it's still top of the league, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's still actually been crisis, mate. It's crisis, it's crisis, isn't it, fans? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard the words crisis said so often. Oh, <laughs> I mean, man, you were in 15th, that's a crisis. That, yeah. that's, that's a crisis. Oh, you know what's joke, though? We've heard this season the, the contrasting things about Man United. I know we're going back to Man United, but one week we heard Maguire and Superb. 
the next week we heard Oregon and Social we forgot to defend the last man on the corner <laughs> <laughs> this fuck oh it's just so mental like this season's been fucking absolutely nothing short of crazy I've loved it are we only what seven games in seven games in mate <laughs> so, so, so obviously we think you know Liverpool are through now um, yeah. they're, they're through um, the other game what was it Ajax versus Midgetland did Ajax win yeah, they won. Yeah, so you'd, you'd think it's going to be Ajax or Atalanta. They're going to battle that out, depending on the, what they get out of our games and other games. But in terms of, I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty clear in that one that, that we're going to go through. So I think, you know, we'll get rid of Liverpool. We've won. Um, the Man City game coming up is going to be lit. We'll talk about that one on Monday. I think it's, it's best to talk about Chelsea because there was some absolutely garbage decisions. Well, one, one garbage decision. But let me tell you, it was the most garbage decision I've seen all season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the penalty was bad enough as it was. But I mean, to, obviously, to today's rules, it is a penalty because it's below the sleeve, which is bullshit in itself. But to send him off and give him a second yellow is outrageous. Me. My, my understanding is, right, so what they were saying at half-time was, because the way that... Uh, the way that it's judged in Europe is that if he's tried to make himself bigger with his arms and it strikes his arm, it's a yellow card. And if it's in the box, it's a penalty. But that that just I just don't understand how that can be even a rule. Like, and the way the the thing what did me about it was as well, he went over to the screen and he was there for probably a minute and a half deciding whether it was whether he was going to give the decision or not. And he turned round, and as soon as I seen him reach for his pocket, I just, like, I sat on my own in my hotel room, and I was like, I can't believe he's about to give this decision. It's absolutely ludicrous. That, and Gary Lineker was in the studio, like, what is, this is absolutely crazy. Like, I won't take anything away from, I won't take it away from Chelsea. We're absolutely bossed off. Good, the mate. Yeah, yeah, you look bored, I'll give you that. We, we took him completely off the park. I mean, they, yeah. even when they had 11 men, they didn't have a sniff of the ball. They weren't fucking... I don't think Renner Renner any. Uh, I mean, anyway. Yeah, and for I'm sure that that's the uh, what's that's what's his name's old club as well, isn't it? You, you keep his old, his old club. club yeah. Go there, go there and keep clean sheet as well. That's got to be a big thing for him as well. well. Like, you, you should have seen it after full time. They didn't want to let go of the cum at yeah, full time. No, yeah, hilarious. Players swarmed him. It was cute as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Probably know he's on the big wages, mate. Ask yeah, him to watch or something. Like I say, like credit to you. I can't say anything else other than you know you did deserve to win the game. That, whether that was a penalty or not, if it had only been two 0 you could have scored. You could I was um, I'm quite glad to see Tammy Abraham bagging in Europe again. Yeah, I mean, there was, I think that's where his own goals are coming from. Great ball in from Reese James. And it was great. Reece James has been absolutely excellent in the campaign. Reese James as well was class. You can't take that away, but it, it was an easy finish for Abraham. But like I say, yeah, it's nice to see him on the score sheet in, in Europe again. I will say, I know that everyone likes to take the piss out of Thiago Silva, but I've got, a, I've got an analogy. Uh, he, he runs a little bit like uh, Robert De Niro in The Irishman. Like an 80-year-old <laughs> man, like an 80-year-old man, but he's always there. <laughs> but I can't... We've, there's not much really to talk about. We we, we played him off the park. Timo Werner scored two lovely penalties. Reese James was great. Both centre backs had literally nothing to do. Mendy made one save all game, and it was just it was a fucking world class save. 
You yeah. was mentioning yesterday, Storm, um, about the clean sheets. How many hours of clean sheets is it now for Chelsea? Eight, eight hours. We've not conceded a goal. Out of all teams, I can't believe you're saying that. Chelsea have gone eight hours back. No, you know what? You know what? Big up Frank. I like Frank. I, I over, I've always liked Frank up until he went to Derby anyway. How much is he fucking paying you to say this? <laughs> I'm not having that one bit. Well, I like him. Oh, no, I like, like no one has told him to podcast. Yeah, it's our part. Oi, oi, can I just say, we've just had a live update. Arsenal are losing to Mulder. Yeah, I've just read. Oh, oh, someone invite Harry to call. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, what I was going to say, obviously, about Frank, I know I mentioned it last week against Burnley, but he's finding, he's found us. A formation and like um, a systems play room, doesn't it? We've yeah. had the midfield free. He's obviously got quite a settled back four at the minute. Yeah. And a goalkeeper that's not fucking about coming out for goals that, uh, for crosses and whatever, <laughs> missing them. But um, yeah, it's it's looking good for him at the minute. I don't think we yeah. can. Really... I well, mean, if you're talking about players like ex players that are now managing, as in like Ollie, Frank, uh, Arteta. I don't think you can say that. I think I think I, I think I'd comfortably say that Frank's doing the best of, of them three. I agree I with that. I disagree. You would disagree. Why? Yeah, to be fair. You're 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 Mm, I suppose. Yeah, what, what well, That's the thing is, though, he took, he, took, he took Derby from sixth to sixth. He took Chelsea from... No, we're talking to, Derby there. I'm not talking Derby took, because it's took, took, bastards. I don't talk about that shit. took Chelsea from fourth to fourth, spent 250 million. Spent 250 million, but he's not finished the season yet. Yeah, and he won't finish in the top half this season, top four this season. He's not, he's not yeah, a good manager. That's your problem. Granted, yeah, Arteta has took Arsenal by the balls and, he's, and he has bought players in places where they needed players, not like previous managers. Like well, they bought currently 1 0 down to Molder, so it's going to be Arteta looked class the other night. But I think with Lampard, I think he's got more potential than the other two. I mean, obviously, we can all agree that Ollie's done the fucking worst and he will do. Ollie's the worst. <laughs> Ollie's the worst. Oh, all, I'm, all I'm going to say is, just judge the end of the season. That's all I'm going to say. Because we can have to argue, we can argue about this forever. Oh, I know we can. I know we can. And, and I've no, I think, no, but I think saying that he spent 250 mil and fucking not, not done anything yet is because he's not finished the season yet. Like, we're only seven games in. You can't really, you know. I think Stevie G's better out of all of them, by the way. I'm just going to put that in there for you. What, for Rangers? Hey, mate. Rangers are bigger than Chelsea, mate. <laughs> like, facts. Well, yeah, the they, most decorated team football. in British football, mate. Exactly. Shall we? Uh, do you want to go to a break, guys? And yeah, talk to after. Yeah, go ahead, mate. Yeah, I need a wig. These beers are going straight through, man. We're all back. We've uh, had a little break. Paul's had about eight fags just to get ready for the second bit. <laughs> no wonder he's out of breath. No, that's something else, but we can't get into it. It's a family show. So, hey. um, yeah, I just wanted to, to go through just like just a little bit of how we're going to discuss the rest of the game. So, obviously, the, the main games that we spoke about have already gone. Obviously, I know City played and, um, you know, it was a great performance from them once again. But what we're going to mainly focus on on the rest of these uh, games 
is the result, the implications of where we think they're going to finish in the Champions League. Um, maybe a bit of stuff about the game, but because there's only really so many games you can watch in a two-day period, I don't think we've seen all the games here. So the unfair is to try and talk about the tactical masterclass of buying, no, was it, Russia munching Gladbach, when yeah. I don't think many of us even watched any of the games. So um, obviously just kind of going into the first one, um, City did win 3-0. And um, the thing with City, which we've been saying for the past few weeks, is up until very recently, attacking-wise, they've been quite poor. Um, and they did put three in past uh, Olympiacos. Not the strongest of the European elite, but a 3-0 win is never something to be sniffed at. So, with Man City, um, it's been a weird start to the season. How do we see them doing in the Champions League? And obviously, they're going to go through. But... The starters... Tiago Silva's at Olympiacos, so we can't have that. Oh, it's that ex-Forest player. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, obviously, I think it can be a bit difficult to judge them until they're out of their group. I mean, they have probably, again, a bit, bit like us, really. They've got quite a comfortable group that they should go through. I mean, they're already on nine points, aren't they? So, yeah, so they should basically go through. Until they're into the group stages, then... I still think they're going to be there and thereabouts. They'll probably get a half-decent team in the last 16. Still a one-knockout, in it? So there was no two legs. Well, the thing is, with the, with the last 16, they will play a team that finished second in a group that isn't an English team. Yeah. So, they're, like you said, it's going to be, there's probably going to be a quite easy dub for them. But it's City, in it? Like we've said it so many times. They have got what, they've got the top two, three teams uh, in the Champions League every season. So, they should be coming in the final, semi-final. All they've done Champions League this season is get three fucking massive bums and run around. Yeah, like like I was saying, you can't really judge them just yet, but um, I think they'll be there and thereabouts again. They've still got a good enough team. Um, they've not started that well this season, but you can imagine them to improve throughout the season. Obviously, with the Diaz and Laporte uh, partnership, it should, it should start to look a bit better. Uh, still a couple of question marks around the team, but yeah, I still think they're going to be there and thereabouts. I think I don't think Pep will be aiming for a semi-final. I think he'll be aiming to win it, obviously. But I know I think, a lot of us... Yeah, go on. I think he deserves to win it as well, to be honest with you. I think he's done really well there. Um, I think that's the last thing on his agenda. Don't you no, say I, you heard it? I, no, I, I hate him. I think he's blessed me. I know he's spent a lot of money, but he's fucking class manager. Fats, I'm laughing with you because I agree with you. I think he's had a, a tremendous season, uh, like time at Man City. Yeah, he's not won the Champions League. I'm saying it because I know Fats completely agrees, disagrees with you. So that's why I was laughing. But yeah. I know. Um, I know. End of day, it's a big if if he does win the Champions League. But if he does win it, then it, he's literally won everything whilst he's been at City in the four years. Go on to them. Um, can I just say, if Man City come up against Bayern Munich at any part of this Champions League regime, they'll lose about 10-0. Well, they're not Chelsea. No, no. Boy, I'm backing this, mate. I, what, what do I keep saying time and time again? The back four is not good enough to win the Champions League. No. It's fucking. I agree. Yeah, to a certain extent, I don't think it'll be ten, but I don't think they'll. I think if they do come up against Bayern Munich, I don't. I can't see them qualify uh, going through to the next round. But can you imagine Nathan Ake and Ruben Diaz running after Lewandowski? It's just not. <laughs> it's just not happening. I'm sorry. That's not. I don't think. I don't even think they'll come close to winning it this season. I'm. I'm quite intrigued with what Fat's got to say because he's in fucking stitches here. <laughs> well. The thing is, 
I mean, my thing with Pep is, don't get me wrong, he's, he's good, in it? He's good. He's a bold fraud. He's good. He was brought in, he was brought in Man City to win the Champions League. That was, that was his job. That's what yeah, they I agree with you. Do. And yeah. so far, every year in the Champions League has been, under Pep, a disaster. He's not got past the quarterfinals, which for a team of his, their wealth and spending power is nothing short of a disgrace. Um, if, if, that was Man, if that was Real Madrid or Barca and they were achieving those Champions League positions, he would already be out of a job by now. Um, but the thing is with Man City, they do have, as you said, Paul, they are, in terms of squads, third, second best team in the world. I think if you look at the top three teams in the world, I don't think anyone would disagree at the moment. It's probably... Bayern, Liverpool, and City in that order. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was literally just about to say. So to be the third best team in the world, and currently be three years without a semi-final appearance, it needs to change at some point soon. Yeah. So this could be the year for them. I mean, I just, I just don't think, like you said, Storm. I think with their defence, they, they do often come unstuck, and especially when you're playing two-legged ties with away goals. I just think that they're going to come up unstuck in the Champions League later on. I think, but I don't think we're going to win it either. I don't think, I mean, I think we've got a chance because we're a good team, but I think it will be tough to get past Bayern this year. I know Bayern, it's, tough, it's very rare that teams win two in a row, other than Madrid, who've done it three in a row recently. But historically, back-to-back European Cups is something that's quite rare. Um, but yeah, I just think that Oh, he's dancing. I know you can't see. Yeah, Forrest did it back in the back of the telly days, didn't they? Talk to me. Talk to me, bro. And, that's, and, and do you know what? And that's why they're a bigger club than Chelsea. But the thing is, though, <laughs> I, I just think. Mate, no, but this is what I'm saying. You've just you've just backed up why I think Pep deserves to win it. Obviously, he's not got. I know. I agree that he's not got further than the quarterfinals. But within. With what he's done with that squad, I think that the way they play football, you can't tell me. I know it's a running meme, but the Pep has had an influence on English football. You see the two teams now playing from the back because there are a lot of defenders in the box. And you can't tell me that way Pep got his style of play because he did bring that in. To the, tr- the, tr- the trouble and that you've got, if, I'm, if I may interject just briefly, the trouble that you've got is just because Maidenhead now played tiki-taka with the centre-halves, it doesn't mean someone else <laughs> deserves to win Champions League. And where yeah. we say this, this incredible team I'm that coach, he's not. He's dropped a billion quid on eleven blokes. But the thing is, though, is I, I'm, I'm just not quite think buying think the deserve. What, what that's me. I think I think there's you know it'd be good to see Pep win the Champions League again because he's been a fantastic manager in his career. But I think it's hard to say he deserves something when every time they've been knocked out, it's been through his team selections. All right, granted, maybe deserved was. The wrong word. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> this is the quickest backtrack we've ever had on the pod. The <laughs> quickest. Okay, okay. Maybe not deserved, quotation marks. All right, I'll agree with you on that. But maybe it's, it's time, is what I should say. Maybe it's his time that yeah, he I mean, should be doing. Well, it's, it's City's time, really. You know, they've been a big club now for about 10 years-ish. About ten yeah. years, City have been a big club. You know, they've yeah. been since David Dunn, the boys. They've got they've got a semi final, um, and you know what? For a club as good as City, it is about time they won the Champions League. And 
it's funny for me that they've not won it yet, but it's only a matter of time in life that they win one. It's a matter of time. They're going to do it at some point because they've got that much money to throw at it. One, um, one, shining, light, one shining light that I would like to point out, player I've been very impressed with from them, Ferran Torres. I think oh, he's been absolutely, absolutely superb. He, has. He, uh, has. He, doesn't, he doesn't play the same way that like a Sane would. You know, you know the way that Sane had burned people for, for like 40 yards and then swaz it back. He'll just camp out because the way that City play, he'll just camp out on the edge of the box and his movement's outrageous. You can't pick him up. He'll, he'll score yeah, I mean, bags of goals for them this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, to say he came in as a winger and now he's, he's bagging goals like a striker. You can't fault players like that. Oh, you can't knock the the confidence that he's had going into it as well. I know when we, I know when he signed him. I know when he signed him. Me and me and Gut was like, yeah, he's a good player, like. But obviously, it was only a bit like a breakout season last season with um, Valencia. But yeah, he, like he says, I think it's three. Is it three goals in three Champions League games for him? Says yeah. so. It's looking good for him. Like you said, the the last two or three weeks, as well as Liverpool, they've just starting to show signs of what they were capable of. But yeah, it will be interesting to see how they get on in the Champions League this season. I think I still think they've actually got a chance to win it. I don't think Bayern Munich are obviously favourite, but it doesn't mean they're unbeatable. No, um, no. Obviously, I think I think I mean they've already lost in the league already this season, which was a bit of a shock. But they might burn out by the end of the season. Like it says, teams don't. Yes, to Man City's way, they get an easy group, they get an easy fucking round of sixteen, and then they just lose to someone yeah. that's good. But we'll soon find out, won't we? Boys? Yeah, we will. I tell you what, yeah, though. I mean, not hard to, they're not hard to figure out, like, to a, to a certain extent. I mean, you've had a very disappointing start to the season compared to where they should be. I mean, you know, you've got Spurs up in second, which really Man City, Man City should be looking at being. So, for them to have started in the Champions League, are they have is different. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, obviously we're talking, we're some way away from quarterfinals yet, like you said there, but I'm just, I mean, you mentioned that then. I would love to see Man City be buying in a quarterfinal. I think that'd be a fantastic game of football for neutrals to watch. Um, just moving on from Man City, um, Group B is an interesting one at the moment. Uh, we don't really know who's going through on this so far, I don't think. You've got uh, Munch and Gladbach, who've started fantastically. Shakhtar had a, a great start against Madrid, but then got just got slapped 6-0. Um, and then you've got um, Madrid and Inter. Inter look garbage. I can't see them getting through. Um, but Real Madrid, I mean, can we really see them doing much in the Champions League this year? Well, they pulled themselves out of a bit of a hole against Inter. They went 2-0 down. I, watched the, I did actually watch the game. Um, they went 2-0 down and they looked lost for ideas. Like the, uh, Sergio Ramos and was just completely out of position all the time, trying to feed the ball high up the pitch to them. They're just getting caught on the fucking counter attack every every single time. They didn't go two 0 down. They went two one. They went one nil up. Then went two one down. Sorry, that was it. Yeah, they went one nil up. And then went. Two, I watched the game, Corey. Top. I, I watched the game. They went two nil up. Real Madrid were winning two nil. It went back to two all. Yeah. And then Real Madrid won and won three two. Right, I mean, right, 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 right. well, I mean, obviously, like you say about Ramos, like I say, I didn't watch the game either, but it scored a goal. So, yeah, goal for Real um, Madrid now. <laughs> yeah, yes, he's only behind Hero in an hour, I believe. 
100 goals. Hero, Hero got 132, I was reading. I know he didn't play centre-back his whole career, but 132. Didn't, didn't, Hero, didn't Hero also take pens? Yeah, obviously. That's why he got 130 goals. Yeah. But yeah, t- touching on the Group B, <laughs> it, is very, it is very tight. Um, much, and Glad- much and Gladbach were five points. I mean, they should have been on more than that, obviously, if they'd have, kept a, if they'd have got a win against Madrid last week. Um, Gladbach are on five Shakhtar Donetsk and Madrid are both on four and Inter Milan who have started this season poorly I know I've touched on it before started quite poorly in Serie A and they are on two points bottom of the group at the minute and obviously with a point against Madrid which could have been if they'd have hung on on Wednesday I believe then yeah it might have looked a bit different but three games in it's so open that group as it could go to anyone you'd still think really I mean as daft as it sounds Inter are on two points and they're not out of it you'd think realistically they should still get at least Europa. I mean, if you're looking at that uh, uh, before before any games played, you, you're thinking Real Madrid and Inter are going through. Yeah, yeah. And realistically, they're sat in third and fourth. And you've got to look at you've got to admire Gladbach in a sense. They haven't lost a the game. They played three, one, one, drew two. And yeah. Yeah. against like Shakhtar, obviously, you know they beat them six 0 walkover, whatever. But against teams like Real Madrid and Inter. I know Inter haven't been the best over the last couple of years, but they're on the up. And you can't say that they're not because yeah. they're playing smart art. They are. They're playing smart art football. They're getting back to how they should be in the reputation. Well, the thing is, though, Munching Gladbach had a, a strong season last year until the end. And uh, you look at players like Churam and Player, and they, they look like a good attacking unit. I think if, you, if a Munching Gladbach continue to that vein, you'd like to think, I mean, they probably only need about three points to go to, to get a second. What they're on five at the moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they realistically, Munch and Gladbach, if you beat in Shakhtar six 0 leg one, you should really beat them in the second one. They do that and they should be going through. And and to be honest, Munch and Gladbach aren't going to be an easy game for anyone really. I don't think. I mean, the Shakhtar game, like I say, they've got to play them again. But when they play them again, they play them at home. You say they, they beat them 6-0, they beat them 6-0 away from home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, any team you go to at a professional level away from home should be a challenge. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? and Shakhtar, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough away day whenever you go to Eastern Europe, I find, normally. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, when, you, when you're travelling and then... Fans, it is. Yeah, no fans is a, is a big thing for clubs like Shakhtar, isn't it? Yeah, and Atalanta yeah. as well. When they were talking about our game, you know, Atalanta have a fantastic home record, but what's their home record like in the Champions League without fans? That's it's, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, fans have had a big prospect on a lot of things. Uh, what What's the thing with fans? Do Do I mean obviously? I mean, I know this is moving away slightly into politics a little bit, but I know with the COVID thing, I mean, they came out today, the government, and said that they're extending the furlough till March. I mean, that to me makes it look like this lockdown is not just going to be a month. Um, no. So when it comes to fans inside the ground, do we see that happening at all this season? No. no not in England. Not in England, no. I don't although, although we say, I say that, there is actually quite a few um, countries that have gone into lockdown. So I believe Germany have gone back into lockdown. I'm not sure if it's full lockdown, but they start, they, start bringing, they start bringing a lot of fans back, didn't they? Now they've stopped gradually getting them back down. I'm sure the last time France played, they had fans there, didn't they? Yeah, there's been, like you said, I think Dortmund had 14,000. France, PSG have had a few. Yeah, when we played Krasnodar, I think there was 
5,000 there. But in terms of your question about, in terms of English teams, I, this whole season, league, Champions League, whatever, I cannot see a single soul no. in any stadium. No. I, mean, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a long way to go to the end of the season. Within three months, it might look a bit different. But, really? Does it? Does it look different? Does it really look different? It probably won't be. And it's going to have a big effect on lot. I mean, should it, you, you don't hope and expect that they'd get used to having no fans, but it's still clearly having a big effect on, on certain clubs. You know, like Shakhtar, who have a massive fan base. Liverpool have a big fan base. They're not really, obviously, underachieving. But teams that do depend on fan base are underachieving. I, mean, I know I'd like to touch on it because I'm a Forest fan, but Forest are underachieving because I do believe because the fans aren't there and they're not backing them. Yeah. Because they're a big fan base. But, uh, and yeah, so, I don't know what to say to you, Fast. I just, I just don't think there's going to be any there, man. It's a shame because we're going to win the league again. Well, the thing is, though, it made me laugh because people were saying that if, if Liverpool win the Prem back-to-back with no fans, when they do actually have a parade, they'll be celebrating two, two Premier Leagues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we were, that means that we can't win leagues with fans, is what I'm saying. Yeah, two Premier Leagues. No, mate. It didn't happen. The, the bush will be that full of trophies, you'd not be able to move. Talking of trophies, shall we move on to mine? Moving on, anyway. yeah, talking of trophies, you know, the current European champions, um, you know, another, another strong performance for them. I mean, they went down. I've seen a start, it was Hans Flick's first game in a Champions League where he's ever been behind. Um, oh, and then and that, and they ended up winning it convincingly anyway. Lewandowski once again bag in. Um, Atletico dropping points. I know that's a bit of a shit result for them. It's a bit of a sticky result, but I still think with the two sides I've got in the group, I think they should have enough. Obviously, yeah. with Bayern and Atletico, we did firm favourites to go through. It's just a bit of a yeah, a bit of a shit result from really, but I think they'll bounce back in it in the group. Yeah, Paul. Um, was that not another dodgy VAR decision? Though? I mean, I didn't watch the game, but from what I've seen from it, uh, yeah, it was a penalty. It was a penalty. Yeah, yeah. it was. What down to VAR? Or... I believe so. Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch it, but I, I think mean, they haven't really hit the heights of this season. Well, they're not starting too bad in the league, really. Um, they are third, I believe, in the league. Oh, they third. The big Spanish clubs, they're doing the best. Now, yeah, they, they, they are fourth with two games in hand. If they win both games, they will go top. So, um, they'll get top by three points, after. Yeah, so, this, yeah. I mean, they've, they've not started the season too badly. And Yao Felix, I mean, I, I didn't watch the game as, as similar to Pato, but Yao Felix the other week was, has been in quite good form. I think if he can keep his form up, you know, it could be interesting. But Atletico are a very weird Champions League team anyway. You look at the team, you look at the style of play, and you think everyone's going to beat them, and then they bring out results. So, you don't really know what's going to happen with them. Um, Do you know I mean, they're a solid, they're a solid Champions League side. I yeah. think that's what they fight for. I think Simeone, he, 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 I think he favours it over La Liga, with the looks of things anyway. I mean, but I think with the signing of Suarez this season, it could be a game changer. And he's, he's shown a bit of a, a lease of life, Suarez, from what I've seen. You know, he looked done 18 months ago. I think uh, Athletic Madrid have actually changed the, the style of play has been a bit different as well. I think they've scored a lot more goals. I think, obviously, Suarez is the top goal scorer in La Liga. And you see him 
like different results compared to usual with Simeone. There's been like a lot of four threes, three twos, not like the kind of games you associate Atletico Madrid with. So they might surprise a few more than normal this year. Actually, I think people might try and play them how they would normally over the last two, three seasons. But this season they might try and just outscore teams. And obviously, like we've mentioned before, that. I think I think leagues are going to be won by teams that are just going to be able to outscore teams instead yeah. of trying to like grind wins. Yeah, rather than playing boring football like Simeone's. Yeah, know, always has done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a poor result for him. But Bayern Munich, um, three wins out of three, unexpected really. Um, they're going to walk that league, aren't they? That that group. Let's face it. So, I mean, what's, what's Bayern Munich's current win streak in the in the Champions League? Because they won. It's... They won every they won every game last year, and they've, they've got they've got three out of three this year here. So what does that what does that make it? Because you get, you get how many games are you play in the group? Is it five? Six, six. In, six in the group. Six in the group. Second round, supporters, semis, final. So nine in no. Oh. Ten. Oh, yeah. So. But it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. It's fucking crazy. I'd be yeah. interested to know what the record is. Right. Um, Bayern extended their... Let me read it. Bayern extended their record streak in the Champions League to 14 wins. But 14 thing, in a row. But the thing is, though, with the... Surely that's got to be a European Cup record or not far off. Um, yeah, extending their own record. So the, no, but no, but You say their own record, but I mean in terms of Europe's record. Um, You've got to think Real Madrid won fucking five on the spin. Oh, they did win seven out of the first nine, didn't they? Real Madrid. Oh, yeah. I think I think this is basically saying that they are they've already beaten the the record. So oh, the current okay. record is this. They are, so it's not about record, I think the current record was eleven before yeah. this run. The thing is though, it's not about it's not about winning the trophy consecutively. They I mean last year they won every game. No, like, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know yeah, yeah, I know so, Um but yeah, obviously, I mean we, we know about Bayern, we know they're gonna be there thereabouts. Uh, yeah. at the end of the season. So, you know, Atletico, we think are going to be a trouble for a lot. But I think until we get to the knockout games and we know who everyone's got, it's hard to see where the uh, people are going to go, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, we, I think before, before you move on to the next game, guys, I, I think it's good to mention, actually, Salzburg were at home to Bayern Munich. And they were actually drawing until the 80th minute. I know they ended up being 6-2. But it wasn't until the 80th minute where Boateng scored. Yeah, it was the 80th minute where Boateng scored the, to make it 3-2. That's how, like it says, they have, there is some kind of cracks creeping into them a bit. I think a lot of people have they've started to grind out results that are winning like 4-5-0, a bit like how we used to associate City two or three seasons also, ago. Also worth, um, also worth mentioning, Salzburg and Bayern both had 10 shots on target. So if you give them Holland and Minamino back, you've got a different yeah, game. exactly. Yeah, Chan. Different game. They have got, to be fair, um, I know we've touched on it before, Storm, before we move on, but Salzburg have got Slabberskai, Slabberskai, whatever his name is. And attacking him. Him. Within two years' time, mate, he'll be sourcing it. It'll be, be sold before. Oh, is he the... oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think Bulgarian. He's like number 10. He plays number 10 of Salzburg. He's Bulgarian. Yeah, Slabberskai, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts like S-O-B, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, it's, it's it's worth it's worth watching how he does. Um, yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. He's ridiculous. Next, next group, next group, ready? Yeah, next group. Um, yeah. yeah, so the next one, obviously, Juve and Barca, routine wins, 
and it is enough for them. I know before we came back on, I know um, you guys wanted to touch on the Barca game specifically and, and Messi's performance. So, I mean, it weren't just Messi's performance, but it was his lack of defensive attitude. I mean, it's just that clip that's gone viral where the player doesn't even run past him, he jogs past him and Messi's just walking like he's not even interested. I is mean, he, is he whether you're the best player in the world, bro, whether you're the best player in the world or not, I don't give a shit. You've got to at least track that run if he's if he's running past you five yards away from you. And you can't just walk past him and think, I'm fucking done. It's worth, adding the, fact, it's worth adding the fact that the guy that's running past him isn't just like a runner. It's the guy with the ball. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, which, I, yeah, which is quite a vital point. Yeah. Like, I he's like a centre-back as well. Which it should be initially Messi's man anyway if they're on the attack. Well, I, I agree with you there, Pat. I think it, you, you're right with everything you've said. He, he should be doing these things. And I think what it shows is that just that clip shows everything that's wrong with Barca at the moment. Because Lionel Messi's the main man, has been forever, it seems like now. <laughs> he's, he's the best player I've ever seen. Uh, he's the best Barca player ever. One of the, you know, the, the, the plaudits go on, but it just shows at the moment he's their main man and he doesn't care. And captain. He just doesn't it, care. It, I think it's... It's not like he didn't give a shit. And yeah. I think I think that's the main thing with Barca at the moment. You've seen them drop points in La Liga. Um, they, they won the other night, but, you know, normally, if, you, if you've got... Well, who was it? Kiev. Yeah, it's great. Kiev too. should be getting mops up, mate. That should be 4-5. I mean, I mean... Granted, I did watch the highlights and Kiev's keeper, it was only 18, he's the, he's the third keeper. Don't get me wrong, he made some fucking class saves. He really did everything in his life. But, Testegen also made some great saves too. You know, Kiev could have also bagged a couple more as well. And it's not a Barcelona performance down to what it should be, being Barcelona. Yeah, I no, agree. No, it's not. It's not. And Juve, and you know, they won. I, I, like I said, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I've not been that watching most of the Champions League this, this year. I think I, I tend to get more interested once we get into knockout uh, standards of it. But again, another routine win for them. Uh, it looks like both of them are going to go through. Yeah, they're both basically done. The Barca have got nine, Juve got six, and the other two have got one. So, yeah. <laughs> done, isn't it, really? Done, done. yeah. Done. Next, next topic. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think you know it's it's important to, to touch on. You know, we are from Nottingham. We are quite often get a, a Forest fan on. Pato is our token this week. Um, and uh, yeah, go on, Pato. Tell us about this game then, because it was a big well, win for you lot. Well, not a bit. I wouldn't say a big win. It's a game we're expected to win. Yeah, but you need it. We've got one nil up. I think we might look comfortable. We've got a great story, story for a season. We have a, we play great one half, whether it's the first half or the second half, and then have a shit other half. <laughs> you know, and last night was just like look, minute first half, then second half they could have scored two or three. They hit the post. Sam has made a couple of great saves, and we got. I'm not going to lie, we got lucky with. Well, it was definitely a peno. We didn't get lucky with the peno, but. 97th minute. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, Pato, because I didn't watch the game. Um, I very rarely do watch Forest at the moment because they're not on telly at the moment. But um, If they're on telly, Fats, would you watch them? 
<laughs> any, any, anyway, anyway, you know, you know yeah, moving on. on um, no, but I, what I would say is, like, I was, I was actually listening to it on the radio, though, and um, it, seemed, right. it seemed on the second half that they were, you know, holding on. Like, on yeah, the I had the same. I had the same. So this is yeah, the story of a season so far, man. You know, whether it's first half we play shit, second half play really well, don't get results, or first half played really well, like against Derby, we played really well first half, and then second half it was just fucking abysmal. Um, but uh, but you've got to you've got to admire the shithousery from Lyle Taylor, man, in the penalty. <laughs> he walked up to the ball like. It's... Uh, yeah. we, we, we've been speaking obviously recently about Maitland Nars's like you know, his approach keep it the wrong way put it in the bottom corner man and it, it, it was it getting done like you said on last week's pod uh, it's you know three points is three points and that's just yeah. how we've got to look at it right now because yeah. it's not going yeah. to for us where does that put you in the table Pat? oh I don't even want to look at it I think 19 <laughs> I'd rather not we'll be in the playoffs by the end of the season I think obviously I mean they've got they've had Coventry so they won Coventry 2-1 last night last kick of the game and then obviously they've got Wickham I believe Pat right next game so before those two games yeah you expect to get six points right and kick on with your season now I know it doesn't look good that you've scraped past Coventry um, I mean it should have been a comfortable win but this is the championship we're talking about but the manner of how you've won, the last kick of the game, that kind of, that, like, you know what I mean? Like, fighting to the end kind of thing. It might kick on. It might all of a sudden be like, that was the result that you needed. Well, this, this is my hope as well. You know, you know, like, playing myself, I know, like, it goes in the same way where if you, say, like, you're winning 1-0 and you concede in, like, 97th minute, even though you drew, it feels like a loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? So winning in the 97th minute... Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, it might galvanise the team a bit more. Like, yeah, yeah, like it might bring them up a bit, and the, the confidence might be there, and they might actually start wanting to play with each other because it hasn't looked like they wanted. We've made so many signings this, yeah. this summer, That's so many. I don't care what manager you are, whether you're fucking Pep or Klopp, if you're bringing in so many players, it's hard to get them to gel because they don't know how each other play. Yeah, it's, it's definitely and very difficult. That's the fact, but, and, and, and I think, and I was going to say it earlier, I didn't get around saying it, but like what you said about Ruben Diaz playing alongside Laporte, you, even though he's a class player, you've still got, players have still got to get used to how other players yeah. play so that you get that chemistry there. No, that's, that's just the fact of football, really, though. That's how it is. I think, you're, I think you're right there. I think the issue with Forrest at the moment, and part of the reason why they've got a very sluggish start, is, is due to having probably more transfers than I've ever seen a club do ever in my life. We made something stupid like 66 transfers in the last like four, three or four seasons, which is fucking outrageous. <laughs> like, how do you yeah. get like that to jump? I'd, I'd sort of understand if it was 66 incomings yeah. and outcomings, but it's just 66 incomings. Yeah, I know. We've got about fucking 40-odd centre midfielders. <laughs> It's, I incredible, it's incredible, I incredible that none of them are any good, isn't it? Incredible. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but and it's not literally forty odd either. But that was a bit of an exaggeration. I wouldn't say none of them are any good, but probably about three out of the rest of them are, are actually all right. I mean, Harry Hart is a decent signing; he looks all right. Freeman, decent player. You know, obviously more of an attacking one. Fucking Jack Colback is three years too late. 
He was three years too late the first time, never mind the second time. <laughs> he was three years too late five years ago. Me, <laughs> good player, gets himself a bar, but he gets fucking glass hamstrings. <laughs> now, Pat, we're not, we're not, obviously we've had quite a few Forest guests on um, over the time, but um, we always ask the same question. How do you think Forest, like, without your Forest tinted glasses on, how do you actually believe they'll finish this season? Now you've probably now you've got Chris Hutton. I mean, going Chris Hutton starts, he's never finished below fourth in the championship. But he hasn't taken on a club that was 22nd. <laughs> We've fucking played three games and not scored a goal. Yeah, so um, I mean I'd love to say playoffs, and I, I know they are, but if we're talking realistically without my glasses on, I think eighth would be a good season for us. Like saying how we started. I think if you keep him to the end of the season and finish eighth, and by the end of the season you can clearly tell there's an improvement. By the end of the season, you'd imagine he'd have a settled eleven that he's picked and whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. next season, like we say against Fat Forest every season, it's always next season. <laughs> but like he says, it's just that you just need that. Um, the consistency of a manager, you need to keep a manager. I know we all agreed that after what had gone off with Sabri and how it finished last season, it was almost impossible to emulate that again and go again. Like the confidence in the dressing room had been shot. I know Fats has mentioned it before. But if you don't have anything like that this season where you're just reaching for the playoffs but you don't quite get there, not because yeah, you fucking bottled it like last season, season, but yeah, you can go again next season. If you get in the if you get in the playoffs this season, which I think you can. So I think you've obviously got a manager there with pedigree in this league that knows how to get out of this league. I mean, it's not just that we've obviously like obviously we touched on how many signs we made. We've got squad depth, we've got players to play there, but these questions raised like where the fuck's Ribeiro gone, man? Like he was he was playing so like, like almost every game last season and he was class as well. And then all of a sudden I've not heard anything about yeah. him this season. And it's things like that that makes you I mean, I've seen a tweet, something about uh, Mariniakis, the owner, and someone saying, you know, it's not Sabri's fault, it's not Hutton's fault, someone's blaming Mariniakis, and it's fucking... Because obviously, being Greek and how the Greek league is, someone, like, I mean, I think it's a bit far but like, something about match fix, and it's dodgy, I mean, like, when you've got an owner like that, you can't... Between how they're the chucking between Olympiakos and Forest, like, all the players, and cancelling contracts and signing them on to the next club... We like not have got a Greek match. We like we've got a Greek owner that's frauding our fucking Zoom call right here. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> so, Pyro, what you're telling me is Marinakas is in Betfair chucking 500 quid on Forest yeah. levels. 500 grand, bro. He's a fucking millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like you, bro. Chucking a 50p 12 fold on. <laughs> I can see Sizz in the top left. Bro, bro, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that's a tweet that I'd seen, yeah? That I, I, I don't agree with, obviously. But it's fucking... It's got to be something. I mean, Sabri... It was bits last season and now this season. He didn't win a game, didn't even score a goal. Well, we're uncovering, the, this is a 64 Worms first, uncovering match-fixing scandals. I think no, I'm, I'm yeah. greeting me. I, I've, nev- I've never heard a bloke say so many names that I've never heard before. That's incredible. <laughs> 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 
Miranakis <laughs> Ribeiro. <laughs> you got Yuri Ribeiro, mate. He's a decent Never player. heard. <laughs> Never in my life. No one cut it at Stags, lad. Tell you that for free. The, the buddy won't, mate. Cold Tuesday at Field Mill. Not an hour, lad. Not now, not never. Speaking of Stags, <laughs> Nigel Clough on the way at Stags. Nigel Clough en route, mate. Dropping some breaking news. At Nigel, <laughs> Nigel Clough in, Graham Coughlin out. Good riddance to Graham bad Cochran, rubbish, who's mate. Who's that? Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> hey, if you, want, if, you, yes. if you want me to list off some names you've never heard of before, wait. Uh, Graham Coughlin. Uh, don't know where we found him. Probably outside B&Q with a ukulele or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, he, 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 he's a, that's good, good riddance to bad rubbish, mate. Yeah, Nigel Cluffin, finally a surname that relates to football a little bit. What well, he used to call Nigel? Non-league Nigel, was he? Is that what he used to sing about? <laughs> non-league, non-league Nigel, mate. Non-league Nigel. You're taking you down, mate. Non-league Nigel, mate. No, we're going up, mate. We're going up. No, we're not. Um, honestly, if he, keep, if he keeps stags in League Two, I will, I swear to God, be so happy. Just for me granddad. That's hey, it. What? I, I, I ultimately do not care whether Stags win, lose, or nobody ever goes again. I'm not arsed, but he is. So for his benefit, I hope they do well. Whoa. Go on. What's up, Only five players that season. Yeah, the fight for fucking relegation this season, mate. It's all gone tits. So. Well, Bit, like mean... Bit like you lot, really. That was just... Forest and Manny T fixture one season. This is mate. what this podcast comes to. <laughs> stag, stag Red Dog Roundup. Wow. <laughs> you want to move on to the Q&As, Fats? Yeah, let's go on to it. Yeah, go on, mate. So basically, we've been, we always ask, well, past couple of weeks have asked some questions and I love them. I love, I love the little questions. There's some good ones, I think. So basically, what I'm thinking I'll do is I'll ask the question, we'll go around each one, see your answer to the question, and then discuss it afterwards. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Yeah, ma'am. You're right. So let me just jump on the Worms Twitter DMs. That is at 6-4-Worms. Um, oh, I just got on Twitter. It just says... Plug, plug, plug. It just says Vidic, best prem... I'm skipping past that. One minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Okay, so we're going to start with a question who it was actually given by you more. Um, and I really like this question. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so you've got five players. Let's say, for example, it's an a, a imaginary scenario, right? You've got a penalty shootout. You've got five players and a goalkeeper in England in all time. And they're not, not English players, but players who have played in England of all time. You pick your five shootout players and a keeper. Who you pick him? Stuart Pearce. <laughs> what for all five of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can go. So, who wants, who, honestly, who wants to go first? I'll one? go. I'll go first on this one if you want. Yeah. Right. So, I'm picking Czech in net. Obviously, saved some pretty fucking important penalties in his lifetime. Um, I'm. Trying to stay away from Chelsea, but I'll get my next Chelsea player out of the way because there is only one more. Uh, that's Eden Hazard is my second is my penalty, is my first penalty taker because never missed a penalty in his career. I think his penalty technique's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, um, my second player probably Balotelli, obviously a track record score elite penalty scorer. Um, 
Third pick, probably Ronaldo, Man United, Ronaldo. Literally called Pinaldo for a reason. Um, who else would I take next? You dare say Bruno. Can I chuck Neil Morpé in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Let's chuck Neil Morpé in there. He's <laughs> <laughs> on scissors list. <laughs> Lad, first, first name on the team sheet, bro. <laughs> team sheet. I love um, it. God, I'm trying to think now. Who else I'd probably take? Um, I probably I'm not gonna lie. This is a bit of a controversial one, but uh, Mo Salah. No. I really, why not? He don't I, miss him, bro. I can't pick him. I can't I, pick him, man. He's seen him. Honestly, it. fucking give his damn ass farm and he's hey, all, all I'm gonna say, Storm. I'm backing you here, like, because you know if they go in, they go in, mate, and that's all. Oh, that he's never. Has he missed one? I don't think he's ever missed one for Liverpool, has he? <laughs> No, I don't know, yeah. I don't, he, he probably hasn't, but still, honestly, there's, no te- there's no technique. I know you're trying to stay away from Chelsea, but you can't pick Mo Salah over Jorginho. Yeah, yeah, he has missed. Jorginho's missed his only three career penalties at Chelsea, so I can't put him in there. Yeah, bro, yeah, I'm trying to think of one more player over the years that scored fucking countless penalties. Um... You know, you know why you're thinking of that one more? Can I do mine? Because I'm quite yeah, happy with my picks. Yeah, go. Because I think between them, I think they've missed one. Uh, so, uh, in there, I've got Van der Sar. Right. Yeah. And then, my five takers, I've got Balotelli, as you mentioned. I've got Ricky Lambert. Oh, big pony taker, big Ricky shot. Lambert, yeah. I've got Salah. I've got Letitia. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and finally, who I think has missed one, Jamie Vardy. Ooh. Oh, I think yeah, Vardy's missed a few. No, well, well, but there's something about the way that he takes one where he just puts his boot through it and levers it. I'm just all about that, mate. It was between him and David Luiz. You can't miss... There you go, you've answered it for me. Go on, pal, what's yours? Harry Kane's got to be in for me, mate. I'd be thinking about that, yeah. Um, I know he's missed three, but Jorginho's technique, uh, the way he skips before the ball, the keeper don't know which way he's going, and he waits and he waits for the keeper to decide which way he's going before he actually takes the penalty. I think that's a great technique, and I think it's harder than it looks. So, it, for me, he's got to be in there. Um, Balotelli speaks for himself. Um... And I'm struggling on the last two, I'm not going to lie. In goal, I think I, I don't think I can disagree with um, Van der Sar. Have they, they got to be still playing now? Is that the question? No. Right, OK, I'll have mine. <laughs> Matt Letizia is still on pitch Oh, now. yeah, I realise you said Matt <laughs> Matt Letizia is too busy being a gammon on Gillette Soccer Saturday, lad. He ain't taking Right, um, in my go. I'm going to have Harry Kane. I'm going to have James yeah. Milner. Oh, Hannes, yeah. Hannes Milner loves a pair Especially in big what? moments. Um, who else was I going to say? I had a few lined up then, and then you stopped me. Um, who did I say? James Milner. Kane. Kane. Come on, Steph. Uh, who else was I going to say? Oh, I've gone, I've gone blank. Frank Lampard. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to put him in there, but I'd already have one Chelsea player, so. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm also gonna say, I have so many lined up there before I start speaking. Matt Letizia, I know you mentioned him already. Matt Letizia. And 
Rude Van Nistelrooy. I'm Rude Van Nistelrooy. Rude. I'm Rude, surprised um, none of you said Suarez. The Liverpool fans. Do you know who I was going to have in goal? That's why I was like stuttering then. Lucas Fabianski in goal. He's got a great. He's got a great record as a penalty. I said that the other night. I said Lucas Fabianski is an elite penalty saver. Yes. To be fair, mine. Oh, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Milivojevic for Palace. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Big shout. Big shout. That's why I couldn't fucking speak. I was trying to think what I was going to say. A lot, a lot of the ones that, that I've got is, is similar to you. The one thing that I've got that's a bit of an anomaly is I've got Pepe Reina in net. Um, oh, that's so, a shy. I love the penalty save. Similar penalty. to Storm, he had some big penalty saves in his career um, and he was just very good at it. He was, he was a specialist at doing it. I'm about to say he was a specialist here. Tim Krull. Yeah, Tim Krull could have been that's a shy. Like, <laughs> uh, Willy Caballero. Oi, Oi that's a shout. Oh, mate, we're unearthing some gems here. Um, it, Fabianski, yeah, fucking minute, carry on, Pat. Uh, but yeah, my five players would be uh, Balotelli, uh, Latis, um, James Milner I had also. Um, I was very tempted to put in Marcus Rashford just because of the way I like how he hits penalties, but he has missed a couple. Um, so I went for... Have I said Ricky Lambert already? No. no. Yeah, so I went for Ricky Lambert... And then I also had uh, I don't I've never seen Alan Shearer miss a penalty. I was thinking Alan Shearer, but like he's a bit before fucking Arsenal. He just he just levers them, doesn't it? He just yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean that's what I like about Kane. Though. I think it's quite criminal to not put Kane in there. I mean he, yeah, I don't know what his record is. He might have missed a couple, but I think his penalty taking is fucking second to none, man. No, we we, we no, can remember one, we can remember one that he missed, can't we, Fett? Who? Harry Kane. Oh, don't give me two chances. <laughs> oh, you're going to get us cancelled. Oh, <laughs> fucking Mark Ogden over here, fucking, man. Mark in the mud. Look, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'd like I'm, to point out to all the listeners that we do not advocate making fun of people for how this Look, mate. Do you really think I want ESPN? <laughs> I'll tell you what I want. Do you know what I mean? Come on. Anyway, next question. Lovely segue into that. Um... So, oh, some good questions here, actually. Um, we've said quite often how we, good we think Jack Grealish is um, and how we think that Jack Grealish could play for a better team than Aston Villa. Now, out of the top teams in England, who do you think is the best move for Jack Grealish and why? Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. I was going to say Arsenal. Arsenal, because Jack Grealish is everything Arsenal need right now. You know everything what? and more. I was literally just about to say exactly that. Jack Grealish could probably walk into Arsenal's team and be captain. That's how good he is. And that's how much of a presence and that kind of ability they need in between say, midfield, midfield and forward. Would it Grealish, if he went to Arsenal, be Arsenal's best player? Um... Because yeah, this season probably. Yeah, I don't think ever in terms of a career. No, I don't think I don't, can... Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say like the last few seasons. Like right now, if Greenish right now, yeah, it'd be, it'd be Arsenal's best player because Aubameyang's I mean, Arsenal's best player and he's been out of form. You can't rule Aubameyang. Let's don't get it twisted. I can. He's been crap this season. He has been crap this season, but he's still a form. I know he's an elite goal scorer. He's one of the best strikers. Like he was. Well, he's been like one of the best strikers in the world. In, in, in patches. But this season he's not been he's not been up to it. But that might be because he's not getting the service. If he had someone like Grealish, you know, 
got William pinging crossfield balls to him and it's fucking... <laughs> it's not happening. I've got, I've got a quick question about Grealish, right? And I, I thought about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, like, his whole style of play... You know, obviously, he's, like, the most fouled player in the Premier League, isn't he? Like, he was last season or whatever, one of the most free kicks or whatever. You know, his whole, like, persona with his hair and his really low socks and how he walks around and he's fucking... Do you think that's all put on so that he does get fouled? So that people want to snap him and go through him? Do you know what I mean? Do you think that's part of a... No, I think as an opposition player, as an opposition player, I'm pretty certain you'd much rather take the ball off him. Because that's what's no, going to win no, you a game. You no, know, like, if oh, I seen someone yeah. like, thought he was sick with fucking his hair and his like low socks, and I was like, I just want to go through him. Like, <laughs> just, like... You, testament you, to Patterson's base style. Testament I mean, to Patterson's base style. That's what I'm asking. I don't know if he's trying to put it on his persona or if that's actually how he is. That, that he just looks like, loves to look like. <laughs> You've raised a good point there because I've seen Jack Moore play football, and I know for a fact that he would do the exact same thing. <laughs> oh yeah. But to be fair, I wouldn't care if he, if he were pushing a push chair. I'd still snap him. It makes no difference to me. It could be the nicest bloke in the world, or it could be the biggest arsehole. It could be the nicest bloke in the world, or the biggest arsehole. I'm going in knee eye. That's it. Say no more. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> probably head first. But in terms of your, in terms of your question, I know obviously I said Arsenal. What do you not think? No, you I agree. agree. I completely agree with you, Paul. I- there's nothing Arsenal. Awesome. See, see, I think Arsenal are the best club for him in terms of playing time and, and what he can bring to the team. I know this isn't kind of part of the question, but I don't think they're the sort of team that can afford him. No, Arsenal ain't got Grealish money. No, I agree, but... Do you know I what? Think... It's crazy how mad that sounds to say, though, isn't it? Arsenal don't it? have the money for Grealish. In it. Yeah, three seasons ago, and they said, oh, Arsenal ain't got the money for Grealish. You'd be laughing, but literally now, where they're at at the minute... It's crazy. Did, did they beat Mulder by, by any chance? I'll have a look one minute. No, um, I, no I, think, I think with, um, with teams that can't afford Grealish, I just don't think they need him. I don't think Man City need any attacking midfielders. Obviously, I think about seven. You don't need any. He will slap. If he went to Man City, he'd be absolutely great. Yeah, He would, but like you said, what, there's no need for... Man City to buy no, well, oh, no, obviously not. Birmingham think. Foden, do they? Really? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think... Just, just, just to let you know, Arsenal are currently winning 3-1. Yeah, big up there, man. Big result for them on Emmerdale Thursdays. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so obviously, so we've, we've said Arsenal then. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all in unison, really. It's a pretty fair shout across the whole board, isn't it? Um. Yeah, another another question. Um, let me just see how many we've got left because we've got one there that I'm still yet to ask. Um, oh, that's, there's two two good questions there that I reckon. Go on, I'm far uh, away. The first one's been sent in. Well, uh, scissors forward it over to me. Um, one of the guys, Callum from Manchester. Big up you. Yeah, big up um, Callum. He said, uh, whoever you support. So, for example, for every team run about, it would be based on. Boris, Chelsea and Liverpool in this question. So, for the teams that we support, if you could swap one position for one, one player for player from another team in the Prem, who would they pick? So, just for an example, let's. I know Paul wouldn't say this, but let's say Paul said he would swap Mane for Sterling, for example. 
Right. What, and I've got to swap with anyone? You've from... literally said that purposely, haven't you? No, no, that was actually <laughs> an example that was given. And <laughs> it just made me laugh. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, for example, so, for example, Pato, you can have at Forest... Anyone. Anyone. <laughs> anyone in the championship... Oh, I'm about to hear another name I don't fucking know. Anyone in the championship <laughs> to play for your to play for Forest. Who would you pick and why? Can we come back to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm about to say. No, so Storm, just... Storm, you've got a player in the Prem to play for Chelsea. Who do you take out? Who do you put in? I'm fucking giving your lot Kurt Zuma and taking Van Dijk. Because we've not made we've made that many attacking signings. I don't. I think the way that we're set up now, I won't swap any of our attacking players. I won't get rid of any of our midfield players. Really. Uh, Possibly, like, unless it was for someone elite, like, you're taking Mason Mount out for Kevin De Bruyne or something. But if I had to pick one to cement us in, it would be Kurt Zuma out, Van Dijk in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, for me, it would be Ben Rama for over. Oh, he's just gone, Pato. Ben, ben, ben Rama's a friend player. You can't sneak that left. one past me. I'm I'm better than Ben Rama anyway, you know? <laughs> Oh, I've heard of oh, him. Come back to me. <laughs> come back to part three. It's coming up in a minute. Um, See you, stay tuned for next week's episode of Udo's Pato One. I'm never coming back on this pod again. I'm fucking useless. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, more. More, <laughs> more are you picking? Uh, I'd swap out Firmino for Werner, I think. Fair one. Maybe Kane, but I think I take Werner. I don't know. Kane's passing passing range is a bit better than Werner's. I think. Like when you look at his assists to Son recently, I think he's more of a playmaker. If I had to choose one attacking player in the league, it'd be Son. I fucking I think he's incredible. I I wanted him as Hazard's replacement. That was what that was my player to replace Hazard. It's interesting you should say Werner because that was actually. The first thought that popped in my head was Werner for Firmino. That was actually my yeah. first thought. Um, but thinking about it now, in a bit more detail, I, I would be Kane, Kane for Firmino. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was going to say Kane's more than Werner. Kane would fit our, our style of play better, I think. But I yeah, think Kane would fit our style of better. But um, I was going to say Firmino for Kane, so I'll say something different. I'd, I'd probably say. Kevin De Bruyne for Gina. Yeah, big swap. If we had Kevin De Bruyne in our team, we'd not lose a game in the the league, I'm telling you. Well, I guess, but the thing is with Gina, Gina is a bit like this season with Thiago here. He's probably not going to start every game. So I would would probably... Neither would De Bruyne. Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) I love Gina then. I love Firmino. So to say either of them, but if you had to pick any of our 11, I think you'd struggle to say... Mm. I wouldn't actually mind Laporte actually over Gomez, but I, I, again, I love Gomez. It's not really. Yeah, it's a tricky yeah, one. Let's face it. I love Laporte. I do love Laporte. Laporte's <laughs> like a very Laporte good well, side. His injury record's absolutely astonishing. If I could swap Lewis Dunk for Van Dyke, I'd take that. To be fair. You wouldn't fucking do. <laughs> I, I fucking know you would. Well, you I mean, would. Ben White at the background is relegated. Arsenal <laughs> taking fucking Neil Mopay over Aubameyang, aren't they? 
<laughs> the, the thing is, that, with, this, mate, with this question, what I think is, if anyone else, you know, supports United or other teams or whoever, throw that in there. Who just swap for who? And finally, we're going to have an answer here. Pato, who are you taking? Any left winger that wants to replace on him. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, do you know when you actually look at the championship table now and you actually look at some of the squads, it'd probably be hard to choose someone out of the league. I mean, I mean, when we were, I mean, we were close to signing uh, that, is it Krasicki? And he failed on... He'd have been a good sign for your lot, you know. Like, I'm not claiming to be an expert, expert on championship football, but when he was at Hull, he was lit. Well, yeah, it's class, mate. Yeah. But, yeah, anyone that wants to come to Morris, you're more than welcome. <laughs> if anyone's listening, you want what to about David Brooks? Bit. What about David Brooks? He'd be a decent signing for you. Yeah, it would. He'd be all right. You fucking get us out this shit. You've got the best player in the league anyway with Joe Lolle, so the man does it. Love you, Lolle. Love you, Lolle. Go on, last question then. Last question, and again, I I love this question, Um, and it's England-related. Oh, God. No, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, you've got to think, right, the golden generation of England, all the players we had in that golden generation, I know we didn't win anything, but there were some great players in that team, Right. You look at this current crop of England players, and there are some still some fantastic players in that team. But if you could choose three English players from the golden generation to play in this current England team, who would you pick? You get three. I'm I mean, first. you've got to have some centre backs in there. Right. It's all centre backs. I'm going to say Rio Ferdinand. Mm. Um, John Terry and mm. Ashley Cole. You've literally just took my three off me. <laughs> I would say I'd say we've obviously got four better midfielders back then with Lampard and Gerrard, but we massively need to improve at the in defensive. No, I, I agree, Paul. I think you know you've you've took uh, most of my picks, so I'm just going to give you the one that you didn't pick. Um, I I picked Terry over Rio. Um, and I picked Terry to play with Gomez. Um, I also yeah, picked. Yeah, I, I didn't. What am I thinking? I was trying to think of another centre back. I, yeah. I also, I also did pick Ashley Cole because I think we don't. Although we had a lot of good players, Ashley Cole in his position, there probably hasn't been a better one since I've started watching football um, as a, as an all round left back. So I would pick Ashley Cole, um, and I would put Stevie in there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'd completely forgot about Joe Gomez. I'd, I'd say exactly the same three as you. I'd have, I'd have Gerard and Anderson together in midfield and, and have Cole left back. And then I'd have... I'd have still, I'd, I'd still have Rio over Terry, but yeah, it's not much of a difference. Um, what I've done with mine is I've looked at the uh, the three positions that I think were weakest. One is centre midfield, so I've got Stevie G. Another one is centre half, so I've got Rio to play with Gomez. And the other one, get Jordan Pickford the fuck out of my England team. I've got David Seaman in there. <laughs> That's a shot, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do not want that fucking T-Rex anywhere near my England team. Anyway, how have me and you guys not mentioned the fact no, no, that I'll tell Rex you in our team? I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because me and Moore discussed this yesterday, and he mentioned this yesterday. And... The reason why I didn't pick David Seaman was I didn't see David Seaman as a golden generation player. 
Yeah, that's true. I, I thought his peak, uh, his peak was 96. Not going to lie, when you said golden generation, all I thought of was like when we had Paul Robinson, David James. Exactly. And, and, and to be honest, I think I would rather have Pickford than David James. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a sticky one, isn't it? It's a sticky one, that. Sticky. Pickford, if we're looking in whole situations, then you've got to look at our actual options. I mean, I think we're looking at uh, Henderson and Pope, but obviously better than fucking Pickford. So I don't think, for me, a goalkeeper would be a vital so I agree. I, yeah, I've just been. I was just thinking, right? Like I was going to say that my my picks were going to be Lampard, Terry, and uh, Ferdinand. But I thought if we went to the four-two-three-one that everyone wanted us wanted us to play, wants us to play, I'd maybe even make a case at chucking David Beckham in there. Mate, go. <laughs> I, just, I just would. I don't. I don't know why. He was just a baller, weren't it? One thing I love about that. David Beckham is David Beckham. Uh, there's not many players. There's been better players than David Beckham. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but in terms of performances for England, has there been many better? I mean, Michael Owen is tough to miss out. It's a just big, think about right a front three or a, a Harry Kane up top on the end of these David Beckham balls, mate. That's all I'm thinking about. And yeah. I just think that is something that could probably work. But I'd ro- I wouldn't take I wouldn't put Beckham in over Lampard. So just that was my wild card. I'd stick David Beckham in there if we could have a fourth wild card. I mean, if Harry Kane didn't exist, Michael Owen would be in my team in almost any England team of any era. Mm. But yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah. Harry Kane is going to break the England goal scoring record for me. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's class, mate. Kane's class. You can't take anything away from him. Anyone that tries to argue against me about Kane. Hang on. Is Were you Rooney... quite a big fan of Rooney, is... Fats? Uh, I, think, I, think Rooney, I think Rooney was a very, very good footballer. My, my issue with Wayne Rooney wasn't his uh, club performances. I thought he was excellent for Man United. I don't think Wayne Rooney ever showed up for England past 2004. No, he didn't. I agree. I don't hate Rooney just because he's a United player or whatever. But I do think it's mad that he's he is our leading goal scorer currently. Yeah, but he's stat, he's stat padded against. Yeah, proper stat padding. That's what I mean. It, but, it, I, but the thing with Kane, but the thing with Kane, I agree. I do believe Kane's a better all-round player than Rooney by the end yeah. of his career because I do think Rooney died off um, quite early on. I think it was Evan. We mentioned it before, haven't we? It was Evan at thirty, or whatever. But Kane's gonna have the same scenario. If Kane comes English. England's top goal scorer, then he's going to look like his stat padder because he probably scored goals against... The, the difference between Kane's career and Wayne Rooney's career, to a certain extent as well, is Wayne Rooney was one of the best players of the world at 18. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, it's, I agree. It's similar yeah. to Michael Owen. Michael Owen was one of the best players in the world at 18 years old. Robbie so those, those players, they, they, they didn't have the longevity. Well, they did have longevity. They just had it at a different time. Yeah. So, so they peaked at a different age, whereas well, Harry Kane... Is going to peak at a different age to Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Well, Harry Kane's peaking now. Exactly. Would you say? Would you think he's yeah. yeah. saying? No, what is he like? Twenty-six, twenty-seven. Yeah, though, don't you? With players that are world-class when they're eighteen, their ceiling's a lot, much lower when you're one of the best players in the world at eighteen than it is when you the best player in the world at say twenty-six. Because then I don't know why it always seems to be the following trend. Whereas when you're an elite player at such a young age. Your career does fizzle out towards the end. So when you get to like 30. Yeah, it seems like it's a pressure thing almost. You know, yeah. if you're 18 and you're bagging so many goals and you've got this much expectation of you, 
there's so many players you could list off that have, have been like that. I mean, fucking Theo Walcott. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just one e- example of someone who's supposed to be elite. Ball, and then, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, the bench. I think, I think, Pat, I think, Pat, I think you're right. I think in terms of pressure, I think when you're really good at a young age, because when, they, when they're young, they just want to play football. They don't think about it. And then they get to about 20. So they've been, they've been a pro for two, three years. And they're expected to be fantastic every week. And, and I think another thing that's a thing for players who come good early is the physical toll of it. So yeah. you're 17, 18 years old and you're playing two, three times a week against men. And then it's like Michael Owen. Michael Owen was playing every week and he was just hamstring injury after hamstring injury. Um, Wayne, Rooney, Wayne Rooney was done at 27. Do you know what I mean? It's... I've always had that argument with Rooney, to be fair. I, 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 when he was 18 to like 20, 2004 or 5, he was ugly. Yeah, he, had, he had nine or ten years of being an elite footballer. But the thing is, though, his, his elite period was 18 to 27. But yeah. then you've got like other players who start picking up about 21 and then they, they're really good from 21 to 31. So it, it's everyone has the same period. Yeah. Or even like James Milner, for example. You know, he didn't get good till he was fucking 30. Slow <laughs> burn yeah. me. <laughs> Fine wine, me. He's like a Yankee candle in there. Smells exquisite, plays exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, I think that's a good place to end it, to be fair, on, the, on, that, on that note. Um, once oh, again, yeah, on James Milner being exquisite. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, it's been some good points, some good questions once again. Thanks, everyone, who, who asked a question. Um, I think we'll probably do it again next week on the Champions League show. I, I like it. I think it's nice. Yeah, we will. We'll carry on um, this. And um, yeah, obviously, shout out to Sears, Pato. Norm and Paul, we will be dropping this pod, what day, Paul? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, fucking hell, quick. Um, yeah, so we'll be dropping this, and then we're going to be, on Monday, we're going to be catching up, discussing the Premier League games. Obviously, some massive fixtures. Ollie's last game, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the, the classic I, this I week. hope not. I hope not. I'm going to miss that cunt. You know, the City <laughs> Liverpool, um, Arsenal v Villa. Uh, Leicester v Wolves is some good games. So the Classica as well. It's the it's Dortmund Bayern Munich this week. Yeah, so there's going to be loads of good games to talk about. I'm looking forward to to watching him and talking to him about him on Monday. So uh, peace out, have a good one, and uh, catch you up later. Peace. In a bit. Peace. Dave. Uh, <laughs>